Chapter 15 God's Secret Code Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Romans 8.26, New King James Version Have you ever been in a situation where you needed to pray, say something to God, but did not know how or what to say? You are not alone. In the Bible, we are encouraged to pray in the Spirit always. We have more than an able helper. The Holy Spirit, who is so gentle, He will help to make our wishes known to God as He communicates through us directly to God in God language. Isn't that amazing? It says here our mind is not involved when we pray in the Spirit. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but if my understanding is unfruitful. 1 Corinthians 14.14, 14, New King James Version I used to live a life of, if all else fails, pray in tongues until I discovered it's much better to pray in the Spirit as often as I had the occasion to. When we do, we are also opened up to receiving, hearing, seeing, discerning gifts that help us understand more of what God is saying. More frequent praying in the Spirit is encouraged her, especially in warfare. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Ephesians six seventeen through 18 New King James Version The role of the Holy Spirit is described here. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Romans eight twenty seven through 28 New King James Version And here, there's an encouragement to pray and sing in the Spirit. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit. And I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. And I will also sing with the understanding. 1 Corinthians 14, 15, New King James Version Occasionally, I would wake up from a dream and forget what I saw or heard. When I ask the Holy Spirit for help and pray in tongues, the details of the dream come flooding back into my memory. You know, we can always ask for the interpretation of what we pray for. I heard myself say things in English, my understanding, that I could not have ever thought of. I was praying in the Spirit one night and saw two business people I had connected with about a project to discuss how they would thwart the project. I woke up saying, Vindicate me, O God, repeatedly. Within a few hours of praying, they jointly sent an email requesting a meeting and asked me to bring some documents with me, out of the blue. These things have I spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John fourteen twenty five through 27 New King James Version
Speaking in tongues brings rest and peace to my heart. It cuts through the noise of all the issues and forces around us and gets through to Daddy God so effectively. I was just asked to add yet another scripture in the Old Testament with a reference to the Holy Spirit. Here it is. I believe this verse was foretelling the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people. Isaiah 28.11, New King James Version How to Hear God's Voice by Dr. Mark Berkler She had done it again. Instead of coming straight home from school like she was supposed to, she had gone to her friend's house, without permission, without our knowledge, without doing her chores. With a ministering household that included remnants of three struggling families, plus our own toddler and newborn, my wife simply couldn't handle all the work on her own. Everyone had to pull their own weight. Everyone had age-appropriate tasks they were expected to complete. At 14, Rachel and her younger brother were living with us while her parents tried to overcome lifestyle patterns that had resulted in three children running away to escape the dysfunction. I felt sorry for Rachel, but... Honestly, my wife was my greatest concern. Now, Rachel had ditched her chores to spend time with her friends. It wasn't the first time, but if I had anything to say about it, it would be the last. I intended to lay down the law when she got home and make it very clear if she was going to live under my roof, she would obey my rules. But she wasn't home yet, and I had recently been learning to hear God's voice more clearly. Maybe I should try to see if I could hear anything from him about the situation. Maybe he could give me a way to get her to do what she was supposed to do, i.e. what I wanted from her. So I went to my office and I reviewed what the Lord had been teaching me from Habakkuk 2, 1, and 2. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. Then the Lord answered me, and he said, Record the vision. Habakkuk said, I will stand on my guard post. Habakkuk 2.1 The first key to hearing God's voice is to go to a quiet place and sit still, our own thoughts and emotions. Psalms 46.10 encourages us to be still, let go, cease striving, and know that he is God. In Psalms 37.7, we are called to be still before God, the Lord, and wait patiently for Him. There is a deep inner knowing in our spirits that each of us can experience when we quiet our flesh and our minds. Practicing the art of biblical meditation helps silence the outer noise and distractions clamoring for our attention. I didn't have a guard post, but I did have an office, so I went there to quiet my temper and my mind. Loving God through a quiet worship song is one very effective way to become still. In 2 Kings 2-3, Elisha needed a word from the Lord, so he said, Bring me a minstrel. And as the minstrel played, the Lord spoke. I have found that playing a worship song on my auto harp is the quickest way for me to come to stillness. I need to choose my song carefully. Boisterous songs of praise do not bring me to stillness but rather gentle songs that express my love and worship. And it isn't enough just to sing the song into cosmos. I come into the Lord's presence most quickly when I use my godly imagination to see the truth that He is right there with me 
and I sing my songs to him personally. I will keep watch to see, said the prophet, to receive the pure word of God. It is very important that my heart be properly focused as I become still, because my focus is the source of the intuitive flow. If I fix my eyes upon Jesus, Hebrews 12.2, the intuitive flow comes from Jesus, but if I fix my gaze upon some desire of my heart, the intuitive flow comes out of that desire. To have a pure flow, I must become still and carefully fix my eyes upon Jesus, quietly worshiping the King and receiving out of the stillness that follows, quite easily accomplishes this. So I use the second key to hearing God's voice. As you pray, fix the eyes of your heart upon Jesus, seeing it in the spirit, the dreams and visions of Almighty God. Habakkuk was actually looking for a vision as he prayed. He opened the eyes of his heart and looked into the spirit world to see what God wanted to show him. God has always spoken through dreams and visions, and he specifically said that they would come to those whom the Holy Spirit poured out. Acts 2, 1-4 and 17 being a logical, rational person, observable facts that could be verified by my physical senses were the foundations of my life, including my spiritual life. I had never thought of opening the eyes of my heart and looking for vision. However, I have come to believe that this is exactly what God wants me to do. He gave me eyes in my heart to see in the spirit and vision movement of Almighty God. There is an active spirit world all around us full of angels, demons, the Holy Spirit, the omnipresent Father, and His omnipresent Son, Jesus. The only reasons for me not to see this reality are unbelief or lack of knowledge. In his sermon in Acts 2.25, Peter refers to King David's statement, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for He is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. The original psalm makes it clear that this was a decision of David's, not a constant supernatural visitation. I have set, literally I placed, the Lord continually before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Psalms 16, 8. Because David knew that the Lord was always with him, he determined in his spirit to see that truth with the eyes of his heart as he went through life, knowing that this would keep his faith strong. In order to see, we must look. Daniel saw a vision in his mind and said, I was looking. I kept looking. I kept looking. Daniel 7, 2, 9, and 13. As I pray, I look for Jesus, and I watch as he speaks to me, doing and saying the things that are on his heart. Many Christians will find that if they only look, they will see. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew 1, 23. It is as simple as that. You can see Christ present with you because Christ is present with you. In fact, the vision may come so easily that you will be tempted to reject it, thinking that it is just you. But if you persist in recording these visions, your doubt will soon be overcome by faith as you recognize that the content of them could only be birthed in by Almighty God. Jesus demonstrated the ability of living out of constant contact with God declaring that he did nothing on his own initiative, but only what he saw the Father doing and heard the Father saying. John 5, 19, 20, 30. What an incredible way to live. Is it possible for us to live out divine initiative as Jesus did? 
Yes, we must simply fix our eyes upon Jesus. The veil has been torn, giving access into the immediate presence of God, and he calls us to draw near. Luke twenty-three forty-five, Hebrew ten nineteen through 22 I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. When I had quieted my heart enough that I was able to picture Jesus without the distractions of my own ideas and plans, I was able to keep watch and see what he will speak to me. I wrote down my question, Lord, what should I do about Rachel? Immediately the thought came to me, she is insecure. Well, that certainly wasn't my thought. Her behavior looked like rebellion to me, not insecurity. But like Habakkuk, I was coming to know the sound of God speaking to me. Habakkuk 2, 2. Elijah described it as a still, small voice. 1 Kings nineteen twelve. I had previously listened for an inner, audible voice, and God does speak that way at times. However, I have found that usually God's voice comes as spontaneous thoughts, visions, feelings, or impressions. For example, haven't you been driving down the road and had a thought come to you to pray for a certain person? Didn't you believe it was God telling you to pray? What did God's voice sound like? Was it an audible voice, or was it a spontaneous thought that lit up your mind? Experience indicates that we perceive spirit-level communication as spontaneous thoughts, impressions, and visions, and scriptures confirm this in many ways. For example, one definition of paga, a Hebrew word for intercession, is a chance encounter or an accidental intersecting. When God lays people upon our hearts, he does it through paga, a chance encounter, thought accidentally intersecting our minds. So the third key to hearing God's voice is recognizing that God's voice in your heart often sounds like a flow of spontaneous thoughts. Therefore, when I want to hear from God, I tune to chance encounter or spontaneous thoughts. Finally, God told Habakkuk to record the vision. Habakkuk 2.2 This was not an isolated command. The scriptures record many examples of individuals' prayers and God's replies such as the Psalms, many of the prophets, and Revelation. I have found that obeying this final principle amplified my confidence in my ability to hear God's voice so that I could finally make living out of His initiatives a way of life. The fourth key, two-way journaling or writing out the prayers and answers God brings, great freedom in hearing God's voice. I have found two-way journaling to be a fabulous catalyst for clearly discerning God's inner spontaneous flow because as I journal, I am able to write in faith for long periods of time, simply believing it is God. I know that what I believe I have received from God must be tested. However, testing involves doubt, and doubt blocks divine communication. So I do not want to test while I am trying to receive. See James 1, 5-8. With journaling, I can receive in faith, knowing that when the flow has ended, I can test and examine it carefully. So I wrote down... What I believed he had said, she is insecure. But the Lord wasn't done. I continued to write the spontaneous thoughts that came to me. Love her unconditionally. She is flesh of your flesh and bone of your bone. My mind immediately objected. She is not flesh of my flesh. She is not related to me at all. She is a foster child just living in my home temporarily. It was definitely time to test this word from the Lord. There are three possible sources of thought in our minds, ourselves, Satan, and the Holy Spirit. It was obvious that the words in my journal did not come from my own mind. 
I certainly did not see her as insecure or flesh of my flesh, and I certainly doubted that Satan would encourage me to love anyone unconditionally. Okay, it was starting to look like I might have actually received counsel from the Lord. It was consistent with the names and character of God as revealed in the scripture, and totally contrary to the names and character of the enemy. So that meant that I was hearing from the Lord, and he wanted me to see the situation in a different light. Rachel was my daughter, part of my family, not by blood, but by the hand of God himself. The chaos of her birth home had created deep insecurity about her worthiness to be loved by anyone, including me and including God. Only the unconditional love of the Lord expressed through an imperfect human would reach her. But there was still one more test that I needed to perform before I could have an absolute confidence that this was truly God's word to me. I needed confirmation from someone else whose spiritual discernment I trusted. So I went to my wife and shared what I had received. I knew if I could get her validation, especially since she was the one most wronged in the situation, then I could say, at least to myself, Thus saith the Lord. Needless to say, Patty immediately and without question confirmed what the Lord had spoken to me. My entire planned lecture was forgotten. I returned to my office, anxious to hear more. As the Lord planted a new supernatural love for Rachel within me, he showed me what to say and how to say it to not only address the current issue of household responsibility, but the deeper issues of love and acceptance and worthiness. Rachel and her brother remained as part of our family for another two years, giving us many opportunities to demonstrate and teach about the Father's love, planting spiritual seeds in thirsty soil. We weren't perfect and we didn't solve all of her issues, but because I had learned to listen to the Lord, we were able to avoid creating more brokenness and separation. The four simple keys that the Lord showed me from Habakkuk have been used by people of all ages from 4 to 104 from every continent, culture, and denomination to break through into intimate two-way conversations with their loving father and dearest friend. Omitting any one of the keys will prevent you from receiving all he wants you to say. The order of the keys is not important, just that you use them all. Embracing all four by faith can change your life. Simply quiet yourself down, tune to spontaneity, look for vision, and journal. He is waiting to meet you there. You will be amazed when you journal. Doubt may hinder you at first, but throw it off, reminding yourself that this is a biblical concept and that God is present speaking to his children. Relax. When we cease our labors and enter into his rest, God is free to flow. Hebrews 4.10 Why not try it for yourself right now? Sit back comfortably, take out your pen and paper, and smile. Turn your attention toward the Lord in praise and worship, seeking his face. Many people have found the music and visionary prayer called A Stroll Along the Sea of Galilee helpful in getting them started. You can listen to it and download it free at www.cwgministries.org backslash Galilee. After you write your question to him, become still, fixing your gaze on Jesus. You will suddenly have a very good thought. Don't doubt it. Simply write it down. Later, as you read your journaling, you too will be blessed to discover that you are indeed dialoguing with God. If you wonder if it is really the Lord speaking to you, share it with your spouse or a friend. 
Their input will encourage your faith and strengthen your commitment to spend time getting to know the lover of your soul more intimately than you ever dreamed possible. Is it really God? Five ways to be sure that you're hearing from Him. 1. Test the origin. 1 John 4, 1 Thoughts from our own minds are progressive, with one thought leading to the next. However, tangentially, thoughts from the spirit world are spontaneous. The Hebrew word for true prophecy is Nebah, which literally means to bubble up, whereas false prophecy is Zayad, meaning to boil up. True words from the Lord bubble up from our innermost being. We don't need to cook them up ourselves. Compare it to biblical prophecies. God will never say something to you personally which is contrary to his universal revelation as expressed in the scriptures. If the Bible clearly states that something is a sin, no amount of journaling can make it right. Much of what you journal about will not be specifically addressed in the Bible. However, so an understanding of biblical principles is needed. 3. Compare it to the names and character of God as revealed in the Bible. Anything God says to you will be in harmony with His essential nature. Journaling will help you get to know God personally. Knowing what the Bible says about Him will help you discern what words are from Him. Make sure the tenor of your journaling lines up with the character of God as described in the names of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 4. Test the fruit. Matthew seven fifteen through 20 What effect does what you are hearing have on your soul and your spirit? Words from the Lord will quicken your faith and increase your love, peace, and joy. They will stimulate a sense of humility within you as you become more aware of who God is and who you are. On the other hand, any words you receive which cause you to fear or doubt, which bring you into confusion or anxiety, or which stroke your ego, especially if you hear something that is just for you alone, no one else is worthy, must be immediately rebuked and rejected as lies of the enemy. 5. Share it with your spiritual counselors. Proverbs 11.14 We are members of a body. A cord of three strands is not easily broken, and God's intention has always been for us to grow together. Nothing will increase your faith in your ability to hear from God like having it confirmed by two or three people. Share it with your spouse, your parents, your friends, your elder, your group leader. Even your own children can be a sounding board. They don't need to be perfect or super spiritual. They just need to love you, be committed to being available to you, have a solid biblical orientation, and most importantly, they must also willingly and easily receive counsel. Avoid the authority who insists that because of their standing in the church or with God, they no longer need to listen to others. Find two or three people and let them confirm that you are hearing from God. The book Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice is available at www dot c w g ministries dot org again www dot c w g ministries dot org